Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey everybody, I am pumped to bring you something new for this week's podcast. A lot of traditional sports we've kind of tapped into and the injury recovery from that. And I think today is pretty interesting because I talked to a woman who is a professional BMX writer. And that is one, not very typical, the type of writing that she does BMXing. Um, She does street writing, which she'll talk a little bit more about. But two, there's not a lot of females in this sport, so I think it's cool that I get to talk to her. Her name is Jessica Osek, and she is from Colorado for most of her life. We kind of start at that point in her life as she had some um, issues that brought her to Colorado, and she believes that move and really biking actually saved her life. She is someone that my dad actually ran into at our local coffee shop slash restaurant that we always go to. My dad knows how much um, I've been through and they've been through so much with all the injuries I have gone through. And when he sees somebody with a big knee brace and crutches, he of course has to ask what's going on. And so he saw Jess at the French press and they started talking. We got connected and then one thing led to another and I got to speak with Jess a little bit about what she was going through. So she talks about how her youth addiction led her to BMX riding, why New York is the best place to street ride for BMXing. Also, I keep saying BMXing, and I don't even know if BMXing is the right thing to say, but I'm sure Jess will tell me after this. <laughs> Anyways, the worst package she was giving after winning a BMX street race competition, how when you are BMXing, the first thing you learn how to do is to wreck. And it kind of seems funny that you learn how to wreck properly, but that's one of the main ways that you kind of stay uninjured. And Jess thinks that the way that she wrecked this last time was one of the big reasons why she got injured so bad. She talks about what she found to help her creatively to stay in her sport during her recovery, how staying in the community really helped her heal mentally, what she's learned about her expectations upon return, and how her diet was key in her recovery. Another thing is Jess went through two ACLs. This is her second one. It's a little bit more intense than her first one. And she admits that she got stuck in a dark place when she got injured in the first one. And she's really using that now to not only help herself, but excited to share that with others and to, to help others do a better job of recovering. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation I had with Jess. and. One of the things I like about Jess is she is fiery, she has a great personality, and her email address is the little bike that could, and isn't that a pretty great name for somebody who has persevered through so many challenges? I think you'll agree. Hope you enjoy this listen. I'm actually originally from Texas. I moved here when I was 16. Uh, It was like kind of a bad situation, you know, like I was just getting myself in a lot of really bad trouble and so my parents moved here as kind of like a fresh start when I turned 16 and 
been here since. So. Nice. Yeah, it was um, a good thing. I wouldn't have gotten into BMX or anything if I wouldn't have moved. You got your GED, and where did you go to college? Was that a pretty quick transition? I went, or? Yeah, I went to Red Rocks for my associates, uh-huh. and then um, I went to Metro for my bachelor's. Uh, I think I have, like, one class left or something, but life kind of got in the way. And <laughs> yeah. So um, it, along the way, you picked up BMX bike, like biking? So, yeah, around 21, um, uh-huh. I was... Well, no, I think I was actually around 18 or so. I started working at an auto shop. Okay. I might have been 17, actually. It was around that same time where I was doing Red Rocks and stuff. But um, I'll have to actually write a timeline down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, be like, okay, I have to look through my pictures. When was that? When was that? <laughs> right. Of that, you know? Um, oh, for but sure. It was, <laughs> but it was around, like, 17, 18, I started working at an auto shop, and there was a guy that always came by and he was like hey can I borrow your tools blah 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 he just wanted to date me and so he was actually told me later that he, he loosened bike parts at his house and then went over to the auto shop to borrow my tools just to talk to me oh my <laughs> which <God>. is so silly <laughs> but really cute. It is um, cute and uh you know we ended up hanging out because we both were in the same kind of music and stuff and um he had a bunch of spare parts to, and we put together a really rickety bike and I just kind of fell in love with it. And, yeah. Yeah. He was, he did, he was a bike rider. Like, yeah, he was a bike rider. All, all you knew. <laughs> yeah. That's how, that's how we, uh, we started initially talking because we were into the same music, but he was a bike rider. He rode BMX. So, um, I was like, what's the deal with those little bikes? You know, like, they're right. weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what's so cool about them? And, um, and what did you find so cool about it? Like when you first started, was it just you I, wanted to spend time with him, or were you no, like really I, intrigued by? I mean, it? he was he was a cool guy, but I definitely like. Um, I think if it was about him, I might have dropped it. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely one of those things. Like as soon as I got onto it, he was like, "Okay, this is how you drop into a ramp," you know. And I was like. Okay, I'm gonna die. That's cool. And then, like, I think just that feeling of being like, "Oh my god," <laughs> yeah, know? like that feeling just kind of stuck with me. Like, I really loved how it felt to just kind of even even crashing. Like, I don't know what it was. There was just something about it that it just felt so real. You know, like it like, made you feel alive. Yeah, exactly. So it was just yeah, it was something that I just really fell in love with and. Uh, we we dated for a little while, but it wasn't anything too serious. And then, um, you know, we kind of went our separate ways. And uh, I I had all these friends that I met in BMX, and I was like, dude, this is awesome. I'm just going to keep riding. And then I started, at that time, um, girls in BMX is like, was rare. It was, right. you know, you never, and still, you don't really see them. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wouldn't think very often, but. But I remember going to hang out at this bike shop that, like, uh, BMX shops are, like, few and far between so when you okay. find a good one you know like you just want to hang out there and read magazines and hang out with people talk about bikes and right stuff you know so that's what i that was my new hangout okay <laughs> and where so, was this place um this is in lakewood it was a place called wright brothers um and they're not around anymore but um yeah it was just like a cool place that everybody came in hung out talked about new bike parts that came in uh talked about places that they found to ride you know and stuff like that so it's just a cool place to like or you could like pop in a vhs and like watch bike video there and oh yeah stuff oh like yeah that. so uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a cool hangout spot for sure um, that's cool and obviously i spent a lot of money there too but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but 
but yeah, so um, all those people became really close, and then one day um, the owner of the shop was like, hey, there's an interview with a girl BMXer in this magazine, and she writes Street 2, which is even more rare. So there's different types of BMX writing. There's like okay. um, there's like street writing, which is like handrails and like ledges and like riding around town, and you see those kids on little bikes like riding around right. town, like they're riding street. And then there's a okay. skate park, which is park, you know. Right, so yep. All the okay. skate parks have popped up. And then there's dirt, which it's just basically like huge lips ramps. and ramps, basically, but yeah. they're made out of okay. dirt. Um, and then there's Flatland, which, uh, you know. Just all the tricks, like, in. Uh, yeah, on, on flat ground, yeah. Right, like, okay. It's really cool to watch. Um, yeah, it's I incredible. Can't, I, I can't don't know do how those people do that. You I, can't. That's really I challenging I totally you. tried it, like, and you just get pretzeled into your bike, and I'm like, yeah, I'd rather ride street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? like, that's I'm that's going, so like, interesting, because yeah, I think going, as a, uh, somebody outside of the sport, you think, like, oh, they probably can do everything, but. The same goes for, like, a soccer player. Like, you see soccer totally. players that can do all these different crazy juggling skills, and, like, I can't do that. And I've tried, and I've fallen on my face. Like, legit have fallen. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, that's just out for me. Totally. <laughs> well, it's and it's part like, of the game. It's cool that you said that because that's exactly what I was going to use as an example of, like, the outside world, you know, because it's like people hear sports, and they right. think of, like, basketball, football, you know, soccer, uh, lacrosse, you know, like they're all sports, but they're all right. very different facets. And you can't have a football player go play tennis. Like it's just mm-hmm. sometimes they just don't cross over too well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Even but within the game, like for a football player, it's hard for a football player to be a punter and mm-hmm. be a wide receiver. Like that's totally. kind of the like. There's just different skills within each okay, fa- with, facet with, of what with board playing. and goalie. You know, like it's yeah, just, like you, you can't have your goalie. Yeah, so strength your thing. <laughs> Yeah, so everybody has their their preference, you know, and what they're good at. Like they can they can try everything, you know, but they do have something that they just excel at. And um, I was never a flatlander. <laughs> I did try very hard though. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I just um, got more into it. My the owner of the bike shop said, "Hey, there's this interview. Oh God, I don't even know if I can. I wish I could find the magazine, but." There's this interview with this girl, Nina, and she rides street, too, and she lives in New York. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, mm-hmm. New York New York is, like, the hub for, like, street riding because it's got such old architecture and stuff. And, like, um, it's funny because uh, just, like, probably anything else, if you if you find something that you really like, you you see it everywhere, you know? Everywhere, yeah. Um, and so Which I love. You, I love that about life. <laughs> totally. And so if you ride street, you look for strange things like little marble ledges because they slide better. Or, like, mm. uh, you look for, um, like, the storm doors because it's kind of like a ramp, you know. Like, so New York is, like, that's what it is. <laughs> it's okay, got everything. for there. sure. Um, so I was really excited, and I read the interview. I was like, God, if I could ever meet her, that would be so cool. And then um, – there was a girl out here that we weren't close, but we both rode bikes. You know, it was just very different personalities, and sometimes mm-hmm. you guys like the same stuff, but might not necessarily like yeah. besties. <laughs> you right, know? for sure. And yeah. so her friends came out that rode bikes, and she was like, there's some girls coming out to ride, and one of them is Nina. And Nina and I, like, from the get-go, were, like, 
inseparable, and we still yeah. are. Like, uh-huh. we're still best friends, you know, very close friends to this day. Uh-huh. Um, she, like, introduced me to a whole world, you know, like, as far as, like, she'd always include my name in things. So, like, we went on the – they went on a – she got invited to go on a fox trip, and they were, like, do you, like fox racing. Have you ever heard right. of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah fox um, uh-huh. They They were, like, hey, do you, you know – you and Stacy, which was like her really close friend, um, do you know any other girls that would want to go on this trip? And she was like, Jess, you know. And so that was my like world in, you know. And then all the yeah. time I start meeting people that like are, you know, uh, owners of companies and things like that. And they're just like, yeah, we'll help you out, you know. We'll help you with this. We'll help you with that, you know. And then I just started kind of traveling around the world <laughs> to so my cool. Place. Oh yeah. my gosh. So where have you been? Um, mostly Europe. Europe has a really big, like, extreme sports kind of scene. Um, okay. So, uh, I'd love to go to Japan. Haven't made it there yet. Um, there's obviously, everywhere you go, you can kind of find it now. Extreme sports are so prevalent everywhere yeah. now. So Yeah, and I think um, Japan, I mean, just thinking about, like, the skateboarders and the snowboarders. I just saw a video of a skateboarder, like, this 13-year-old from Japan. Have yeah. you seen him yet? No, but I, like, I really, I love watching skateboard videos. So I might yeah, if I find it, I'll send it to you because this little kid is crazy, ridicu- ridiculous. Like, he talks about how much he trains and, uh, like, put, like messes around on a skateboard. It's am- it's amazing. So I'll, I'll try to find that. And send it to you. Yeah, totally. It's just, um, like, these kids, too, it's, like, crazy because I work at Woodward Camp, <clears throat> which is basically, well, I did, before my ACL injuries, like, uh, they have two camps. They have one in California and they have one in Pennsylvania, and I worked at both of them. But basically, basically they're, like, training facilities for the Olympics, for gymnastics and stuff, but they're also a training facility for extreme sports. So if you ever look it up, Woodward Camp is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I worked there for many summers and just kind of rode bikes and then would catch a flight out of there to go somewhere and ride and then come back and work the summer <laughs> so you're a professional like that's what you do is that you're do you have I, a job in between or just these I camps? Do, I've always had a I've always had a full-time job um and always had really amazing bosses that understand that like there's something like I will work my butt off if, mm-hmm. if you work with me <laughs> you right. know and sure. so um with with girls BMX like sponsorships um they're not I mean, in BMX, you really can't make a lot of money, even if you're a professional, unless you're, like, you know, like, Dave Mira would be one that probably, you know, well, rest in peace, but, but like, you know, uh, Matt Hoffman, you know, he had to make a bike company, and that's why he's able to do what he does, you know. Right. Um, These are all men, too, so there's another, there's another... Sponsorships for girls are very, like, actually getting paid to ride is not as, especially when I was riding, it's like people will help you out with things, but the actual pay, Mm. just not. So do you make money if you win tournaments? Yeah, yeah. So for a long time, it was just, oh, it was so frustrating at the beginning because the guys would get, like, um, you know, even small, like, stuff, it would be, like, guys would get, like, a $5,000 cash purse and like girls would get stickers and like, Oh oh my God, one time, (laughs) actually a couple times, but one I can remember in particular, um, the guys got like, it was in Canada. So it was in loonies or whatever they have up there. But, um, the guys got like five or six grand 
and the girls got, they had Felix the Cat songs, shampoos and conditioners, and, like, speed stick or something. You know what I mean? Like, the sponsors that they, like, reached out for yeah. specifically for the girls, but they never did a cash purse for. Well, how did that make you feel? Um, I mean... <laughs> It sucks. It's like I think I think nobody I don't think I don't think anybody wants to feel that way, you know. Right. Like, but at the same time, I have to be realistic um because I know that even though girls are like pushing pushing the limits and and now I would definitely say that there are some girls that could compete with men and be right there with them. Mm-hmm. But I mean realistically the it wasn't there. Uh Yeah. You know, there was there was like maybe, like, top four girls that, like, people knew the names of. Mm -hmm. And those girls would go everywhere. And we were cool with, you know, a free helmet or, you know, whatever. But it was it was Right, but that's the thing. Like, just give us things that, I mean, don't be disrespectful and give us songs. (laughs) That was the one that, like, got me. I was like, are you, I don't, I'm not even putting this in my bag. (laughs) I mean, I'd rather, I'd actually rather have nothing. Like, don't give me anything. Yeah, totally. Just let me compete and, like, I think that's one of the unique things about being a female athlete, and correct me if I'm wrong with, like, your point of view, but we, um, since there really is, you know, there's there's been a lot of growth and, and things are happening in form of, like, how we're getting paid, but the demand to watch female athletics is way lower, right? So oh, then absolutely. you're not going to get all the money in. But I think it instills in us this this idea of, like, we truly are doing what we love to do because we love to do it. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I don't know if, like, I'm sure men at certain levels who don't get the the instant gratification of, like, I got drafted and now I'm making all this money. Right. Like, if they really have to struggle a little bit, they understand that, that feeling that we have. But, like, you can be a pro. You can be, like, you are, Justin. And you travel the world and do all these things and you're the best of the best. And yet you can – be given nothing yeah but it like yeah totally yeah yeah and i'm not saying well i feel i feel even worse for like because girls bmx is still pretty small comparatively to girls skateboarding and girls skateboarding um i i loved talking to those girls because obviously we'd go to x games you know and Mm -hmm. they do demos and stuff like that and uh you know i just talked to them because what they would do is they would set up um, something that the guys were doing at the exact same time as the girls' demos. It wasn't even, I think they competed a couple years, but uh, they'd set them up at the same time because they, it's like they almost set them up to fail. Like, oh, people won't be interested, so we'll put on uh, pro motocross at the same time, you know? Right, and right. And it's like, <laughs> that moves everybody so far in the opposite direction because it was like, near the Staples Center in L.A. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I know the Staples it, Center. Yeah, well. be inside the Staples Center, and then they'd have, like, X Games girls skateboarding on the opposite side of a hotel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, And right. so I so no one was going to wa- watch, stay and watch. Yeah. They were going to always leave. And, and and it was cool seeing the girls in the audience, you know, because it was like, these girls are so young, like, so impressionable at this point and mm-hmm. the girls skateboarders for the most part there was a couple that I think I, I, you're always going to meet somebody that it goes to their head you know but yeah I think for the most part they would they like we we knew <laughs> we'd see each other and be like we are in the same bind <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like we both love what we do but um but girls skateboarding has progressed much farther than girls bmx has you know um 
they've just been around a little bit longer, and you have these amazing skateboarders that um, didn't have sponsorships for a very long time just because, you know, they yeah. weren't even given the the props that they deserved, you know. Mm-hmm. So what do you do for a job now in in, in between? Well, I know you, you're injured and we'll get to to kind of injuries and stuff like that, but um, what what do you do for work now? Um, right now I work at an animal hospital and I'm uh, basically mm-hmm. the, the, kennel, the kennel manager at an animal hospital and it's like a mm-hmm. pet resort, so it's like, you know, where they're do- where the dogs go whenever uh, parents go on vacation and stuff. And I try to make it as close to a vacation for the dogs as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you but love it's, that? It's so awesome. I worked in mental health for 12 years. And I oh, think you did? That, yeah, it was crazy. I worked with kids. Um, I loved wow. it. But I don't like the system in which they have to work within, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I got burnt out on the mental health system in Colorado, well, in the United States, I think is. Yeah, tough. I've heard it's just tough. It is tough, and I think um, I think a lot of these kids would benefit from, you know, long-term care services, but maybe don't necessarily can't afford it, or mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of a lot of places are like, fix them and get them out, you know, and it just turns into this revolving door, and right. they just kind of go under radar. Like, how how important would you feel if you know, you're you're really wanting help and you're seeking help, and they're just like, okay, well, you look good now, so and it's been 72 yeah. hours, so I guess yeah. let's go home. <laughs> I like, know. You know, so it was hard. It was a hard. It was too much. It's, yeah, it's really hard on, and I, I mean, people that do that job, it's it's really difficult to want to do more and feel like you just can't, you know, because. There's no more for you to do within the system, and that's yeah. it's really, really emotionally difficult. Yeah, I've, totally. Yeah. And I'd watch a lot of people just get burnt out. You know, like they mm-hmm. came in with really good intentions, and they just left with a really sour taste in their mouth. And it's like I really hope that you know you find some sort of peace. Because I mean, it was that's why I left when I did. Because I I did love my job, and I loved the kids that I worked with, and it was always great to hear from them and you know, hear that they were doing really good, you know, and they thanked me for, you know, the effort that I put in, but it was like, how many kids did I miss, you know, and and it's just hard to, just hard to swallow that, that. so. Yeah, so now you work with dogs. Yep, dogs and cats. Give them all the love. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's stressful because I'm a manager, but, um, you know, so I got to deal with the the hiring and firing and the whole shebang, but yeah. Um, I think mental health, like, actually helped me way more than I thought it would, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, for sure. Just being a manager, you're just more understanding of, you know, what people might be going through. And, you know, uh, uh, sometimes they're not off the hook for some things, but. <laughs> yeah, just gives <laughs> you think, a sense of empathy and, like, yeah. meeting people where they are. Yeah, and I think um, working in mental health, you have terrible hours and, you know, you wish you had an ideal schedule and that's what you always thrive for, you know, is like a consistent good schedule, you know, and um, so that's something that I definitely brought into, you know, being a manager is it's like mm-hmm. i gotta, I got to be really understanding and i got to like understand that consistency helps everyone, you know, so like yeah. trying to make a consistent schedule for people and a schedule for a month as opposed to a week so they're not stressed out at the end of the week like, oh, my God, do I have to work on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or yeah. whatever whatever yeah. it is. So, But, yeah, so love working with dogs. We have, like, 
puppy classes and stuff on um, on Saturdays, so we get to see all the adorable puppies come and try to learn how to play, which is hilarious. <laughs> Some of them haven't figured out how their body works yet, so they'll oh, just, yeah, like, book nice. it across the yard and just eat it, and it's yeah. hilarious because puppies running is hilarious. <laughs> I know, and it's, like, puppy season right now. I feel like everybody has a puppy. Totally, totally. So it's Yeah, a good time cool. Yeah. That's nice. Um, okay, so you get into BMXing, and then do injuries happen? I mean, I imagine in this sport, injuries kind of happen oh, it's the nature all the time. Of I mean, seriously, you, like, sign a contract with the devil. Like, you're going down. <laughs> you no, know, like, there's, there's no way that you can ride and be passionate about what you do and not wreck because that's how you have to learn, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, actually, <clears throat> when I first started riding, I uh, heard it several times, and it's very true. Like, uh, first thing you got to learn is how to wreck, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're right because it's like um, if you wreck wrong, you're done, you know? Like, right. And, and both of my ACL injuries were something that I knew I shouldn't have done, you know? Um, what do you mean by that? Well, the the how to wreck, you know, like yeah. I should have I should have held on and I should have not taken my foot off, you know, and that's exactly what happened is I was jumping something and I under rotated, but I would have landed it if I would have just kept all my feet on and just kind of held on and slid out, you know, but instead I took my foot off and it just tweaked my leg basically sideways and mm. um, you know how that goes. Same thing with both. <laughs> same thing with both. Is it both knees that you? No, it's the same knee. Just same one. Same one. It was both knees, uh, or both knees. It was both on the same knee. So okay. Um, it and was, similar, a similar instance. Yeah, the first one was like a 360, and the other one was uh, a bar spin, and it was so frustrating the second time because I was like, "Are you, are you kidding me right now?" Mm. Because um, I, I threw the bars, I caught them, and I was like gonna land like kind of like wonky, and so instead of like landing wonky which I should have I just like took my foot off and I landed so weird that I basically like knocked my tibula fibula and femur together because there wasn't any cartilage Mm -hmm. or a lot of cartilage in between and so I fractured the lower part of my femur um, Mm -hmm. and then tore the cadaver ACL that was in there um, and tore my meniscus more and um they have to repair too. the and tore your PCL too. Um, they, I, I don't think he actually did anything with it. It wasn't too concerning. I told him because we also had to do bone grafts and plugs um, for the femur. Yeah, for or the, the tibia. Yeah, and so both of the like, so that was more of my concern because that was something that, uh, and and the cadaver like cartilage in between, like being able to drain the marrow or whatever off out of the bottom of the femur to like cause hmm. cartilage so okay so you got like a micro fracture yeah it was a osteo osteochondronal fracture so okay. it basically went across the bottom of the bone um, okay yeah oh my goodness yeah how was, often does that happen to the I doctor's made count. <laughs> yeah, you um, i'm sure you know honestly like with that fracture that was i feel like that was a weird freak accident and even the doctor yeah. said that my ACL wasn't the cadaver ACL that was initially put in. Um, wasn't angled necessarily in a way that Correctly. was very helpful. Um, yeah. 
so that's why he thinks that I probably tore it again and did the injury that I did because it was mm. like I should I really should have just been able to stomp my foot and go, you know. Right. And so it was really weird that it did that. It was like Do you think that I mean so much of your like being a BMXer you have to be fearless and yeah. do you think the moments where fear creeps in you that's exact, lose that's, focus that's what ruins you that's absolutely yeah. what ruins you is when you second guess yourself because the times that I've gotten hurt is when I second guess myself um people you know sometimes say that if you um you know stop thinking then that's when you hurt yourself too and I guess to an extent you know if you just mm-hmm. think everything's second nature you kind of just don't pay attention to you know things that are right in front of you I guess but I think I think with me personally it's it's me my confidence, you know, like I just, I think it's it's kind of a bummer because it's like I met a lot of really amazing people that are really supportive, but I've also met a lot of really mean people that aren't supportive, and I think mm. it's, it's kind of messed with my obviously my confidence, you know. Not it's not obviously completely their fault, but yeah, um, it does it does always it always kind of sticks with you, you know, like. So people not supportive in you doing what you're doing or you getting back from injury or what specifically? Uh, me, me doing what I'm doing, like girls in BMX. When I first started, because of the fact that there weren't very many, um, you're a really easy target. So you either have really creepy guys, um, mm. <laughs> you know, that you're like, yeah, yeah it's nice to meet you too, bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? see you later, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't have a phone. Bye. <laughs> you know, right. um, or or you know, there there are those guys that just think it's really funny to break people down, you know. And um, I mean, it is what it is. And I think that a lot of people that are really successful, especially women, like are really successful, are really good at drowning that out. And I was I was never good at drowning things out like that, you know. So mm. um, throughout your career, yeah, throughout. Well, throughout my life. <laughs> Through your life, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I, I watch a lot of the girls that I ride with and stuff, and they have to deal with they have to deal with it times ten, you know. Like uh, the other two girls that I rode with a lot because, obviously, we were traveling a lot together. We'd always want to meet up because, you know, you just make really close friends when you have yeah. very few of you, <laughs> you know. Well, um, and in a world like that where you're just getting beat, beat down all the time, like you cling to the people that, support you and lift you up yeah yeah so and they and they're amazing they're just amazing women you know and so we'd always kind of hold like hold on together but we knew like if you you know you do web edits and stuff like that where you're like um posting you know videos of like an all girl Mm -hmm. you know bmx video it's like bombardment and that's in anything that you do if it's music or Mm -hmm. whatever you know put out videos and like (laughs) It was like sometimes you'd get always you'd get always a couple people that are like, yeah, you guys are awesome, you guys are amazing. Like, my daughter loves watching you guys. And then all of a sudden, it would be like one person would be like, why aren't you in the kitchen? And then it continued, you know, like it would be like a lot of men went hungry that night, or um, I don't understand why women think they can ride bikes when they should be cooking food for me, or you know, just those kind of comments and. You know, I think I think some people are really good at deflecting those kind of things, but mm-hmm. I think I was always one of those people where, you know, I I would go somewhere and be like, who might have wrote that? 
you know. <laughs> like, so do you dwell more? Would you do you go more on like feeling like personally like why am I doing what I'm doing, or do you are well, you just so just, sad that people are so mean? Uh, I think it's the people are so mean, and I become very self conscious. But in a, in a way, it's almost a good thing because it was one of those things where it was like if I learn something, I want it to have props from. I don't want it to be because I'm a girl that it's cool. I want it to be right. a cool trick just because it's a cool trick. You Absolutely, know what I mean? yeah. And so it, that was always hard because, you know, since I rode street, it was a little bit easier for me to get that props because a lot of the a lot of the people that talk crap, like, they can't ride street. <laughs> so when they oh, see yeah. it, they're like, they're like, oh, wow, like, she she's real cool, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I yeah. always kind of, I mean, and I'm glad that I did, but I always kind of um, – like, for the most part, I got out pretty unscathed from a lot of the comments. Like, Nina, my my friend Nina that mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier, and um, Angie, who also, like, we would write a lot, they would catch a lot of flack. And it was hard, you know. But um, I somehow managed to always kind of get out a little bit less picked on, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so I'm glad I did because I don't know if I would have been able to handle it like they can. Like, they're amazing women yeah. that are incredibly strong and yeah um i wish i wish i had the strength that they did on handling stuff like that but well i mean it seems like you handle things in general pretty well like you're still doing something you love regardless of you know think of all the people that have said something poorly and you still are doing what you love so yeah. i think you got to give yourself a little bit more credit than than you are um so I how is this the, i have to give the guys credit that have also like definitely yeah. been like hey dude you need to not be a dick yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? so i mean that's that's, you do like, need, you need people you need people in general not just girls that can relate but men too who can both both of us you know both of them sticking up for yeah, each other yeah, totally um how is your rehab coming now so you when was the when did the injury happen uh, the injury happened in October. It was October fifteenth. Okay. Um, I waited a little while because I initially went to the hospital and they were like, "Oh, you just tweaked it." And I was like, oh, "I don't think it's just tweaked." You know, they did X-rays and stuff like that, yeah. and told me that it was just just a little tweaked, no big deal. Oh, gosh. Um, go home. And I like after a day or two, I was like, "I can't walk." Like that's so in, and that's what freaked me out because because it was so painful. Before, yeah, it was so painful. And that's what freaked me out because last time I tore my ACL, I was able to walk the same day. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, it's no big deal. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should just get this checked out just in case, right. you know. Right. Um, so that's what actually scared me is that my my pain tolerance is pretty high, and the fact that I like felt like I needed to bust out my crutches, you know, mm-hmm. it, ma- it made me concerned that there was something really wrong, you know. Yeah. And so uh, got an MRI, and they were like, no, there's fracture and he tore oh, a bunch of stuff and we got to go in there and you know uh you have no cartilage in between your bones so it's just bone on bone so yeah there's a lot wrong in there <laughs> is that from uh previous the previous injury or is that from bike i, I think it's probably previous and then a lot of high impact because a lot of the times whenever you're bailing it's like uh, the the whole learning how to wreck, a lot of it's like throw your bike and kind of run out of it, you know, like mm. catch yourself while you're running. And I think that just that high impact, I mean, on your joints. running on concrete's awful for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So imagine, you know, landing. And 
Um, on the street, your body doesn't hold up as well because you're landing really hard on things. It's not like mm-hmm. a ramp where it's a smooth transition, which mm-hmm. definitely I've seen people get worked on, you know. But um, I think just like landing hard for many years, you know. Um, yeah, probably, absolutely. Probably just slowly broke it down, you know. Yeah. Like, I sound like a Rice Krispie treat when I get up in the morning, and that definitely wasn't from this surgery, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can relate on, to you probably on right? some level with that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I couldn't imagine. I'm in what, yoga class, and I'm like, don't worry. That's just my knees, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens. <sighs> Have you had ACL surgery on both of your knees? No, just one of them. But I think my other one is just uh, just tired. Yeah, I, I bet. I had to do. <laughs> I bet. How many, how many surgeries have you had? I had three ACLs on my left knee, and so I had... What is it with the left knee? <laughs> right? I don't know. Are you um, right-handed? I am right-handed, yeah. I wonder if it's because we put so much weight on our left leg, because that's what I thought, too. Yeah. I'm, I think there are so many different, you know, I had, I was playing on the left side of the soccer field when my ACL, when I first tore my ACL, and I was doing a lot of repetitive motion, um, crossing the ball with my left leg, and I had some hammy issues that were going on. So I think the weakness there led to the yeah. initial injury, and then I, my, like you said, your graft wasn't put in correctly, mine wasn't put in correctly. So I retore it, and then, um, then three years later, I got tackled, and of course, I got tackled in that leg. So, um, you know, that was just like the perfect storm on that last time, but um, the other ones, I think, was yeah, I do. I think yeah, probably do put more pressure on that side just being a right dominant person, but I think mine was more like muscular, like my my muscles couldn't keep my knee in the right shape when I was cutting and pivoting and doing that stuff. So, sure. um when your hamstrings don't fire, right? Your quads work more and it pulls your knee already into a yeah. more of a stretched position on your ACL. So, I think that was a little bit more of mine, but I can understand where where you're coming from with that. If we figured it out, man, we would we would make a lot of money. We'd be and a millionaires. Lot of happy. We'd make a lot of people happy, except for orthopedic surgeons. Like, yeah, right. They're and okay. They'd probably, they'll be, they'd probably be happy because hopefully they'd be the last surgery before we figured it out, and they'd look real good. I know, right? They'd be like, yeah. it was actually the surgery. It wasn't them figuring out anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so how is rehab going? Where Where are you going to do? So I rehab? had. I had surgery on Valentine's Day, so that was okay. a lovely treat to myself. Right. Um, and uh, because of the bone grafts and stuff, I couldn't be weight-bearing for six weeks, Okay. Uh, which was awful. <laughs> I yeah. live in a row house, so um, my oh bedroom's my upstairs. I've just been hanging out on the couch a lot. <laughs> I bet. Um, so, so about two weeks ago, they were like, okay, you know, you can start being weight-bearing, the bone grafts and plugs healed well so um i started i started basically acl from there you know so mm-hmm. um i was on crutches for the rest of that week and then i kind of moved towards a cane and then the last couple days I think probably like roughly the last week um i've been walking without crutches so yeah tried to move pretty quickly yeah <laughs> How is your how's that your mentality through this? What are you doing to help you just uh, I stay wish in I could, and... I wish I could give you a good answer, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I I've been working like the 
couple, like the day or two after surgery, I kind of woke up and decided that I wanted to do a new training manual for work. Okay. So um, did a lot of work from home just because, I, I mean, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> right. Anyways. Um, and then, uh, you know, just working, reading, watching a lot of movies. and mm-hmm. I wish I wish I had a better answer because I feel yeah. like... Um, but I think those are good answers. I think um, you find something else in life that you are interested in. Like you, for your work, you felt like, okay, I can, I can write a new training manual. Like I can yeah. really do something good while I let my body heal. So like totally. I'll do that. And you so, kind of get lost in that a little bit. And totally, that totally. letting your mind do that is really powerful, I think, and not yeah. thinking about your your injury all the time. The first um, knee surgery, since it didn't go well, I ended up with blood clots my first oh, knee really? surgery. Yeah, uh-huh. and I, I didn't, I just, since it was my first knee surgery, I was like, oh, this must be normal pain in my calf. And then I was like, no, this swelling is weird. You know, I should go yeah. check it out. <laughs> and yeah. uh, checked it out, and they were like, yeah, you've got a blood clot. And it was like kind of like lodged behind my knee. Um, uh, and I think the swelling kind of stopped it from moving any further. But Wow. So I'm glad that I went in when I did. But, yeah, so after that surgery, it was like, oh, I need to find, like, I, I still loved riding my bike, but I just didn't have, like, it's that second-guessing thing where it's like, mm. you know, like you get back. When was that bike. first? When was your first ACL? Four years ago, almost to the date. Really? <laughs> it's so crazy. And I had no, I had no idea until, you know, the Facebook memories pop up. Uh-huh. Um, I was, uh, I was, what was I doing? I was doing something, obviously, on Facebook, and the memory popped up, and it was a couple days before my surgery, and I had a picture of me coming home from surgery saying I got this new nifty, like, machine that moved my leg. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that was, like, the one that popped up, and it was a couple days before my surgery, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, hopefully this will last a little bit more than four years to the date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, sure I mean, those four years, they go by really quickly. So it was just one of those things where I'd get on my bike, but I just wasn't confident, and um, I was nervous. And I was like, okay, well, how can I, like, still be around my friends, you know, and, you know, have my bike if I want to ride, but, like, not feel like I'm just sitting at the skate park. And I got really into photography. So, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, I like I like shooting photos of people and things. and realize that um, I'm not, I obviously am, you know, not an Ansel or not Ansel Adams. Or maybe it is Ansel Adams. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm no Ansel Adams, but it's like, it's it's fun, you know. It's fun to mess around with, with photography. And um, I think that, I think that'll probably do the same thing this time because it really was therapeutic, you know. Like, because you didn't, like, I'm sure it's, well, I mean, with soccer you just go, you know, I guess. But, um it's like you you watch all your friends do amazing things and you're like really stoked for them, but mm-hmm. I just didn't want to sit there, you know, totally. and be like be like oh, I'm scared to jump this, you know, like I second guess myself. And if I had my camera and I was like, okay, I'm just not feeling it, I just want to pedal around and then I'll shoot some photos and then go home. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, well at least it wasn't completely worthless, you know, like yeah. at least I got to, you know, like take some cool photos and I can send them out and people would be so. Yeah. Awesome. That's really cool. I love that. I love that. Um, I don't know. You kind of respected yourself in, like, so many different ways. Like, okay, I am scared, and I know that being scared, I'm not in the right, the right mind frame to do what I, I would love to do. So right. if 
but I don't want to be away from the sport and the atmosphere. Yeah, I don't want to lose and, it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really cool. You just kind of shifted your mind frame and said, okay, well, if I feel good today, then I'll do it. And if I don't, then I'll stay and do something else that, like, I'm all in. You know, I'm I'm so focused on finding a good picture or, seeing, you know, capturing a moment for not only yeah. me but somebody else, too, and showing them. And That's people cool. were so excited about it, too, which made me feel better because I was like, cool, like, people actually like it. And a lot of my friends, that the cool thing about BMX and skateboarding and stuff like that is people love filming and shooting photos of it, you know? Like, they're cool. Oh, yeah. Photos, you know? And so when you get a good one, you're like, this is awesome, you know? Like, um, and so I definitely, like, I got really lucky in the fact that my hobby was something that I could find another facet of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And just kind of, like, you know, plug into that part of it until I felt completely comfortable. So, mm-hmm. Well, it's cool, too, because, um, I mean, just going back to your whole story and you talking about BM, like, if you didn't move to Denver, you don't think you would ever have gotten into BMXing. And, like, do you, in some ways, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but it saved your life. It absolutely did. I say that all the time. <laughs> I get teary-eyed about it because it's like, yeah. Yeah, and so of course something that means so much to you. I'm getting I'm getting emotional because I can just feel that passion. Like I love when I know right? I I love when people find what they just love to do and um, make it work in one way or another. Like that's really cool that you are still in it in in some way or another, and you can still feel alive in this community that has helped you through so many things. Totally, and it's it's such a it's such a nice community because so many people, you know, I started a GoFundMe because I was so stressed about the money of uh, like ACL surgeries are not expensive, cheap, as yeah, you know. yeah. And so, um, but it was amazing how many BMXers like uh, from all over the place were like, oh, I just want to see Jess ride again, or I just want to see Jess around again, you know. And that was so cool to hear, you know, because. You know, especially, like, with how coming back is really awkward, you know, because it's mm-hmm. just, like, um, people expect me to, well, obviously I put this in my head, but people expect me to be where I was when I left, you know, and, mm-hmm. of course, they probably didn't. I probably made that completely up in my head, you know, like, I just want to be where I was, you know, <laughs> like, I just want to be exactly where I was the day that I left, yeah. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. and, and so know. it was it was nice to hear that, like, I at least left some sort of impression on the community where they were like, yeah, we need to, we need to help her, you know, like, we need to give her money or do something, you know, like, um, now that Wright Brothers is gone, there's another bike shop called Pusher BMX, um, and Clay is like the man, you know, mm-hmm. like, he's helped me out a lot, but, um, you know, he's always like, dude, just come hang out at the shop, you know, <laughs> like, just, yeah. You know, just hang for a day, you know, or, uh, like, he went to New Zealand and came back, and he, like, sent me a text from the airport, and he was like, hey, I got some cash for you for your surgery. I just wanted to give it to you in person. It's like, that's amazing. <laughs> like, thank you, you know. Like, yeah. 150 bucks goes a long way when you have, right. these, you know, co-pays and, you know, doctor's visits and everything like that, you know. Yeah. So. It's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's a really good community to be in, for sure. It sounds like it, and it. I think that I speak. I think it speaks a lot to who you are too, you know. And in that community, like you obviously have done something right, right in the way that you've treated people, in order for people to treat you the same way. Yeah, yeah. 
I definitely, that's my biggest thing, always been. And I think mental health obviously helped me with that because you never know who you're going to meet and how you're going to change their life. And I think that always always sat with me when I worked with the kids. And uh, I was like, no, that's definitely going into part of my life, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know. So BMXing, like if you never get back on the bike and can do what you did before, like what do you hope that your legacy is with the sport? I hope one girl watched a bike video and was like, I really want to do that, you know, or um, I've definitely, like, it was really cute. I don't know how these people, like, got my parents' uh, address, but uh, mm-hmm. they sent pictures of me. Oh, people will find it. People. Oh, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Uh, they sent, like, <laughs> uh, magazine clippings, and they were like, can you sign this and send it back to me? And I'm like, of course, <laughs> you know, and I right. sent them a little note, like, I'm so flattered, even though I was like, but I think at like the human connection level like the root of it is like that's what we want to do is inspire people like you want to inspire if you can inspire one girl then you believe that your time in BMX is is yeah. worth it and like for someone to say like you inspired me so much that I sent you a picture to have you sign it because I want to put up my wall I mean and maybe that's the little girl who's going to one day be the bee's knees of BMXing. She just started riding, and, um, you know, she just she thought I was super cool. So. Gosh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so um, it's cool that I, like, had interviews in magazines where people could find that and access it because, I mean, as I said, you know, when I got into it, there was one – I read that interview so many times because I was like, God, this is amazing. Like, oh, I got yeah. an interview in a magazine, you know, and now yeah. girls can pick up a magazine. And um, it won't obviously won't be – well, now you can't. Everything's online. But, um, <laughs> you know, you could pick it up and you can actually read. Or, you know, they've done po- – like, girls have done podcasts with, like, BMX companies and stuff, you know. Yeah. And, um, that's awesome. Like, the access is all there, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as far as my legacy goes, I I don't know. I just <laughs> I just want to ride my bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Do you you want to ride again? I absolutely do. Like okay. the whole reason the whole reason that I'm like so focused on rehab is because the rehab uh, or the first knee surgery didn't go well in it. Um, it I don't know. You get into a dark place sometimes when you're stuck. You know. So. Mm-hmm. I think I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that again, you know. And the nice thing, I mean, the nice thing, sadly, about having a second surgery is you know what to expect, and mm-hmm. you know how hard it can be, and you know that you're, it's, it will pass no matter how much it feels like you're stuck, you know. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you're stuck? You got stuck after the injury, like that's where your mind went. Yeah. Oh, after the first one. Yeah, after the first one, I definitely like, kind of got stuck. Like I just, um, I, I lost a lot of confidence and. Um, you know, like the the great thing about BMX is it's very supportive, but if they're not right there, it's kind of hard for you to remember that. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's where I kind of went, you know, with it. And uh, I won't. I'm not going back there, you know. Like I've definitely like the nice thing about social networking and stuff like that is your friends are at your fingertips, like mm-hmm. all the time, you know. So, yeah, you just got like three phone calls. Why would you that? Like, what is going on? <laughs> And I talk incessantly, so <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I have a house phone, or my my, you know, my <laughs> cell phone be dead all the time. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, so it's just um, I'm.
not I'm not going to allow you know what happened the first time to happen again, and I want to be able to bounce back. And even though this one was way more brutal, because they like yeah. I don't know I don't know if yours were scopes or if they ended up just cutting open your knee, but uh, I have like a huge scar across my knee now. It looks like a knee replacement when people see it. They're like well, because okay. you had all those. I mean, yeah, all the probably that fracture that you're talking about needed more they probably needed more room to yeah, get in there totally and then the the plugs and they had to pull out the old acl and they wanted to make sure everything was right so they mm-hmm. just opened it up which yeah. it's a pretty sweet scar so i'm like not upset with it at all <laughs> it's right cool again, you know yeah well my podcast is called show your scars and i think scars are so i think they're so cool because they are a, a like physical reminder of all of the work and the hurt and the happiness and the inside the mental and emotional scars too that we've like healed over in the process and the growth that we've had. So yeah. I just think scars are cool, and you're gonna have one heck of a scar. It's gonna be a huge one. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. 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 I send pictures to people because I'm like, dude, look at this thing. It's so crazy, like how big it is. You know. Yeah. Like it goes. Where my kneecap is, it goes about four inches up from my kneecap and about three and a half inches below my kneecap. Oh, so my gosh. All the way. Wow. Is <laughs> it healed it pretty well? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it heals really well. I think that um, I definitely, like, changed my diet a lot to, like, leafy greens and stuff like that because I wanted to and uh, make sure that I'm, like, not putting a bunch of junk into my body, that my body has to work extra hard not only to heal but to, like, mm-hmm. you know, digest it. So mm-hmm. it's the physical therapists and everything are like, oh, it healed really fast. <laughs> yeah. <good>. Yes. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. Um, did, the, did the trick, you know. <laughs> awesome. That's great. So so the goal is to get back on the bike again. Yep. Um, do you want to continue with your photography as well? Like. Yeah. You... I, think, I think I just kind of want to – it obviously didn't work the first time, but I want to – pick up where I left off because I did I do love photography and I love shooting BMX photography because it's hard you know like Mm -hmm. it's not um and I love animal photography so those are the two things that I do the most is uh oh my gosh perfect yeah because I work with animals so um I shot a bunch of photos for the the website for the company that I work for Mm -hmm. um and I think we're probably gonna blow up some of them and put them in like the the doctor's offices and stuff you know what you should make? You should make a table book of when all those dogs eat, eat it across the lawn in the back, what you were just oh. talking about. Oh, yeah. Like, totally. like take slow-mo pictures of the dogs as they're, like, starting to fall and, like, little cute puppies. People eat that stuff up. You can have a oh, book they like totally that, do. girl. They totally do. There's some pretty funny ones because a lot of dogs get really crazy about the hose, too. And I have, this photo, I have this photo that I shot. If I can find it, I might email it to you because it's so yeah. funny. But um, this photo that I shot of a dog, like, jumping up. I, like, was spraying the hose, and the dog jumped up with its mouth wide open, like, directly. Oh. And I shot the photo right when it was, like, how? <laughs> you know, I love like, that. In the water. And I'm serious. You could, you could come up with something. I'm, like, I have such an entrepreneurial mind. I'm, like, you could make a book. Some of the proceeds could go to your cool animal shelter and, you know, you yeah. could have a little business while you're recovering and some money coming in for your... Totally. Career. Well, I did, I, a lot of the photos that I did shoot, um, I put up at, like, coffee shops and stuff like that, like the nature cool. photography and stuff. At so French I did, Press? Have you done that? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so those are cool, and I was able to do, like, make a little bit of money that way. Um, cool. I think I'm just kind of like, I just want to do more photos. Like, I'm yeah. kind of like, I'm, I'm over the, like, I love my photos that I took. Like, some of them are just like, wow, that was that was a really cool one. But um, I might send you a couple because it's like, okay. I just love some of them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Some of them are just super um, cool. I, I, think it's, I think it's great. You can hear just your love for both things and how... Um, BMXing kind of just you helped helped you discover this other passion that you have. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I love it. I I really have enjoyed talking to you. This is cool. Yeah, I'm glad. I know that. I'm glad my dad bumped into you at French Press. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, me too. He's very proud of you. So yeah. as he should be. You know, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. He said some really cool things, and uh, I think that it can help people that you know out of the hardest one of the hardest things that you you went through you know this this injury that you almost woke back up when you got re-injured and kind of took or taking more control of it the second time yeah definitely and it was nice because it was one of those things where um you know especially with the with the blood clot on the first surgery it was like Mm -hmm. I do not want that to ever happen again like that was yeah awful and I know that it can happen so what can I do you know and so there was a lot of avoidance on this one of like things that I possibly did wrong the first time. And I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing that one again. <laughs> I know. And these are the things that I love to share with people because I'm like, I mean, the goal of the podcast and the ACL club in general are, you know, I don't want anybody to ever go through injuries, but like we're crazy athletes. Like we play sports and we do what we do because we love it, and we know that, okay, there is a chance we could get injured. So, like, we can't stop everything. Do I want to help people not have multiple knee injuries like you and me? Absolutely. Yeah, so if we can absolutely. give them any of these tips, like, you know, your nutrition is important, your mindset, like, take control absolutely. of it. You you can you can decide that you're going to do the little things right to help you um, recover as, as well as you can. You know, find space in your recovery to – you think about other passions or passions even other passions within your sport that you can you know learn how to take video and make videos for your team or you know whatever yeah. it is yeah totally yeah awesome if it helps man like i'm i'm down to yeah because especially with injuries it's so hard you know to you know like find somebody that you can really talk to because i mean there's a lot of people that i can obviously talk to but they're just like never gone through that before like I can't Mm -hmm. imagine what it's like and it's like sometimes you just want to hear it from somebody and be like yeah that did suck didn't it (laughs) right (laughs) and that's the ACL club I feel like we have that you know think about anybody that you I mean my dad stopping you my dad stopped you because he saw the brace and he was like oh my gosh like I am sure it tapped into that spot of him where he's like that was what my daughter looked like like I hope she's all right yeah totally he turned around with his coffee and he's like ACL, it's like, and then some, yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, but man, it's, my daughter. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's like we know, we know, my my idea of the ACL club is, like, you see that scar on someone's knee and, like, instantly, it doesn't matter what walk of life they're from or they're from your neighborhood or across the world or they don't speak, but, you know, there's so many barriers that this goes across that, oh, yeah. like, you see that knee scar and you're like, I can understand a little bit more about you. Like, oh, I want... You've Absolutely. gone through something and come out on the other side. It's so cute, actually. There was a I went to the library the other day and um, yeah. I, had, I had shorts on and 
there was this cute little old lady, and she was like, oh, you got a knee replacement? And I was like, oh, kind of, you know, like I wasn't going to mm-hmm. get into the whole, <laughs> you know, thing. But she she showed me hers, and she was like, oh, we're twins. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, oh. this is adorable, because she must have been like 70 or 80. <laughs> and it was so cute. But it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah. uh, you know, you walk somewhere, and you, you just, you meet eyes with somebody, and they're like, ACL? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like walking into, I walked into a King Supers, and I was, like, crutching across the street, and I was trying to go as fast as I can, and this lady rolled down her window. Could you imagine this? Rolled down her window, and she was like, "Hun, i I've had seven knee surgeries, so you take your time walking across that street. I'm not going anywhere. Oh. And I was like, seven? <laughs> Why am I crying about two? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I- I've had seven knee surgeries. Oh, God. Yeah. Only three ACLs, but seven knee surgeries. So. Seven. <laughs> Maybe it was me. Did I see <laughs> Like, it, it was so, like, I'm, I was so glad that she was, that was the person that <laughs> was at the yeah, stop sign. You for know, sure. She was just, like, she saw it in my face. I was just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I yeah. can't go. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Seven. It is. We support each other through it, right? Totally. Totally. So. Cool. Well, thank you. I, I'm excited to – I want to keep in touch and see how everything's going. And um, yeah. it could be cool once you get back on the bike if we could do a little, like, video of you not only biking but, but also, like, taking pictures of other people. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, too. that would be awesome. Okay. Sweet. All right. Awesome. Well, it's good too. talking to you. Yeah, good to talk to you, too. Jess said a lot of great things there and I think touches on not only the mental, the physical, but all the struggles that you go through, how she used photography to help her and still wants to continue to do photography. So hopefully she'll send some of those pictures and we can share with you guys as she's recovering. She's doing well in her recovery. Uh, It is taking longer than her first one just due to the amount of work that she had done, but it's great to support different athletes to learn about different sports while also learning about the similarities that this is a hard injury to come over. Injury, injuries in general are hard to get through and hard to get better from as a full human being, but it is possible if you approach it the right way. And I think that's what Jess has learned is that with the right mindset, with the right outlook and looking at the progress and the process that you can really fully enhance your life through this this journey so i really thank jess for what she gave to us in this podcast and if you guys have anybody that you want me to interview that you think would be really interesting who has scars now it doesn't have to be an acl injury i've talked to a lot of people with acl injuries just because those are the people i know but i think there's a lot of athletes out there that have scars that have recovered from something that would be really interesting to talk to. So here's the deal. You can go to iTunes, review our podcast, and name somebody you want for us to interview. After you do that, go to this post on Instagram and tag that person in the comments. It's a two-part process, but we all know social media pretty good. That'll take us only about two minutes to do that whole thing. If you do this, I will reach out to you via Instagram and I will send you a free gift on us. 
something to help you through your recovery, and it's a good gift. You will want to participate, believe me. I am honored to share with this community and to help you guys through whatever struggles that you're going through in your athletic world right now. You can do this. You will do this. You have strength beyond what you could even imagine. Go out there and share that strength with others and show your scars with pride.